I'm Alex Mito. And I'm James Milley. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, and that means that you are certifiably awesome. As you know by now, if you've been listening to us, and if you're new, I'm Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. At Superfine, we are the most widespread art fair for artists in the U.S., and we're also one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and of course, marketing and selling your art. Today, we've got Sonia Sklaroff here with us on the mic calling in from New York City. Sonia is going to share an awesome masterclass with you on how to observe your peers and learn from them. I don't know about you, but that is an important topic, and I am excited to hear what she has to say. First, I've got a quick offer here for you, ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Sonia Sklaroff, and we're ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Sonia Sklaroff has been a professional artist in New York City for 30 years. She received her BFA from the Rhode Island School of Art and Design and her MFA from Parsons School of Design, where she is currently an associate professor. She has exhibited her work in galleries internationally. Her paintings can be seen in public, corporate, and museum collections worldwide. Since March of 2020, Sonia has been working on a series of pandemic paintings. These works incorporate aspects of her daily life using her imagination, her dreams, elements of the city, and expressive color to create a profound and personal new body of work. Her new limited edition artist book, Pandemic Paintings, Sonia Sklaroff, has just been published with a preface by the celebrated chef Rachel Ray. That is really cool. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Sonia. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. So before we dive into our questions, we have a bit of a tradition on this show. I just want to ask you something that'll help our listeners get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? And can you tell our listeners about that? Maybe when I would go to the park when I was a little kid, and I would find little rocks that looked like faces. <laughs> and I would come home and I would make these rocks into little people. And instead of playing with toys, I would play with these little rock heads. And I would do the same thing with apple cores. I would eat an apple and let it dry. And then it looked like a person to me. So I'd play with dried apple cores and little rock people instead of toys. I think I started creating at an early age, and I didn't even know I was an artist. I just kind of made stuff. So I want to jump into our questions here. 
So we're talking about observing other artists, right? And I think that's something, you know, maybe a lot of artists are doing, but they don't really realize, you know, through Instagram or going to galleries or whatever, or even just watching other artists work. Why is observing other artists helpful when you're improving your marketing strategies as an artist? Well, it's funny. I have a colleague and we actually have a a fun thing that we do every once in a while. And we'll send each other pictures from Instagram of artists standing in their studios in front of their work. And we'll analyze how they're standing and if they look proud of their work and what they're doing in their studio. And from that, I can really assess if 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 an artist how they feel about their work and how they feel about themselves as artists. I often analyze these photos with my friend and we pretty much go through a do's and don'ts list about what to do when you're in your studio and someone's interviewing you or taking a picture of you and you want to be proud of the work that you do. So we often look at these funny studio photos and uh, we analyze them. I think that's such a cool exercise. And as you're relating that, like I think of, and and this is not a reflection of any artist's actual work or the quality of their work, but I think of the experiences I've had in artist studios and how vastly those differ as a collector, as an art fair professional. You know, sometimes you'll you'll come across an artist who's so visibly proud of what they do and so involved and engaged. And another artist who maybe they are deep down proud and engaged with it. But the way they talk about their work or stand near it or or don't really give eye contact to their own work, it kind of it can turn you off as a visitor to their studio. So whether that visitor is there in person or virtually, what you're talking about, you know, kind of seeing these different ways artists engage with their own work in the studio and learning from it, I think is such a valuable piece of insight. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we look at these photos of artists and how they're standing, even what they're wearing in the studio. Like uh, if it looks too posed, if they look too dressed up, it's like, oh, come on, you don't paint in a bustier and high heels. <laughs> you know? I mean, you can really tell who who's being authentic with their photos in their studios. I remember seeing, I can't remember who the artist was. It might've been Picasso standing there barefoot, shirtless in his studio, just standing there like, yeah, here's my work. I mean, I think that presenting yourself and your work is a very, very important process. Okay, I'm gonna ask you, what's the final take on paint splattered clothes for artists who paint? Well, yes or no for the studio shots and then for in public? I thought that this podcast was going to be video and audio. So I prepared my outfit for you. (laughs) And I am in my paint splattered pants, my paint splattered sweatshirt and my comfy sandals. I absolutely do not think it's necessary for an artist to dress up for studio visits. It's another thing when there's a presentation at an art gallery, or if there's an artist talk somewhere where you have to look presentable, that's something different. But in the studio, when I'm having a studio visit, or today when I thought you and I were going to be talking face to face, yeah, I'm wearing my paint splattered clothes because that's what I feel comfortable in. And um, that's what I wear when I'm here. I, I love it. So artists feel comfortable and you're going to convey that comfort to the people who are either in your studio virtually or in person. 
And Sonia, definitely send us, I know you thought this was going to be a video, send us a picture and then we'll make sure that goes on our Instagram story when this comes out. So we, we don't want that your, your studio outfit to go to waste. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So moving on, what are three ways that artists can stay on top of finding opportunities to showcase their work? How can, as an artist, how can I find the best opportunities to showcase my work? Well, the best place that I've always found to find opportunities would be through my community of other artists. I have a wonderful, wide variety of creative people who I keep in touch with. And that would be not only painters, but also architects, musicians, dancers, choreographers, everybody in the creative field. That's my community. And we are often in touch and we hear about other opportunities. So I'll hear about maybe a show or something like a. I had a friend who wrote a book of poems and I did his cover. I did an album cover for um, one of my musician colleagues. Uh, there's all kinds of opportunities out there. And I'm finding out about them just word of mouth through my artist community. That's the main way that I find out about these opportunities. Otherwise, I will actually walk around. I'm in New York City, so I'll go to galleries, I'll go to museums, even on the street, and I'll look around and I'll see what's going on. I was just on Madison Avenue and there was an artist who had rented a storefront and was painting and had had his little studio and a gallery and the storefront on Madison Avenue. So that was very intriguing to me. You know, on the internet, I found out about a... Uh, recently a grant that was posted on Instagram. I also am a professor at Parsons School of Design, and there are opportunities through Parsons. They send out a newsletter. So there are different newsletters that you can sign up with, and um, they will send out blasts about uh, different opportunities that are out there for artists. I love that. that. That's three really, really good ways of staying on top of your opportunities. So getting on those newsletters for places like Parsons or any, you know, any New York uh, Foundation for the Arts, those newsletters are really, really helpful. Just going out, walking the streets, seeing what's going out there. There is this incredible opportunity in cities right now that's kind of a, I hate to say silver lining, but a bit of a silver lining of the, the recent crisis is there's a lot of empty real estate. So there's organizations like Chashama that help artists get into that real estate, but you can also go directly to brokers and to buildings and ask, you know, can I use your space? And then I want to kind of underscore something in your first point, which is something it seems you're quite passionate about, is expanding your creative circles beyond just visual artists into other art forms. Because right now, there is a big resurgence. I will say just, you know, being tangentially attached to the theater community and the film community as well. Coming out of COVID, there has been a lot of opportunity for newer filmmakers and playwrights and other artists to get their work out there. And, you know, where there may have been barriers before, there may not be those barriers now. So it's a great time to network and to find those opportunities to expand and, and do some of these other things with your art, like covers and get involved in, in plays and films and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my artistic community is pretty broad, and um, I'm very inspired by my creative group. And especially during the pandemic, or I guess it's still going on, but during lockdown especially, I was in touch with these people daily, asking them, what are you up to? Are you working? How are you working? What, do you, what are you working on? Um, what is your day like? Are you going outside? <laughs> 
I had one, um, a, a wonderful dancer choreographer friend of mine who choreographed pieces on her roof of her apartment. It was just amazing to see what these different uh, artists were up to during that time. Yeah, I think that's so cool. And it's something you can do online with these different communities as well. And, you know, it to the extent that whether or not you're comfortable going out to physical networking events at this point, or if you still want to keep it online, there are plenty of opportunities online. But yeah, I definitely agree, not only for creative inspiration, which is huge, but also just the opportunities that you might have from thinking beyond just the canvas or the photograph in your community and you know who can you reach out to that's outside of that. So I want to move to our next question, which is, is just germane to this actual conversation. Uh, why is public speaking, which clearly you are good at, Sonia, why is public speaking an important skill for artists to have? Well, it's it's very important for an artist to be able to speak about her work. She has to be able to get her point across. I'm using she because that's I'm a she. So I'm often asked to give uh, visiting lectures. I, I teach at Parsons, so I am I need to be able to talk to people in a clear and concise way about their projects, about their assignments, and also about their work and even about my work. So I'm asked to give visiting uh, lectures. I'm asked to give gallery talks. Also, curators and collectors want to hear about the work. So it's very important for an artist to have a clear and concise way of speaking about their work so that she's not dragging on and on and going in onto tangents about uh, the process. It has to be has to be short, clear, and concise. And it's very important for an artist to just be able to speak clearly and, and also write clearly. People think, oh, an artist, you just go into the studio and you make your art and you put it out into the world. But to be able to speak about it very clearly is uh, is really key to um, to being successful. I love that artist, clear and concise. And Sonia, you're not the first person on this program who's really underscored that as important, right? Because I, I've seen all the, you know all the time where someone asks an artist about their work and it goes deep, deep, deep into the process or the meaning. And I think that's not to write that off, but on someone's first inquiry or the first time you're presenting it, being able to be clear and concise and get your point across is, I think, so, so valuable. And then, you know, as you get into deeper relationships with curators, collectors, whoever it may be, then at that point, maybe more of the personal side comes out. But that first introduction, just being clear and concise is so important. I had an exhibition and book signing for my new book. And I remember people would come up to me and ask me about a particular piece. And I knew that I only had maybe one or two sentences to get my point across, because after that, I was going to lose them. Also, when I'm at these exhibitions or these gallery openings, I often find that people want to talk more about themselves than they want to really hear about me. So I'll just put my my one or two sentences about the piece, and then we'll go on and talk about you know how they feel about the piece or what it reminds them of. But it is very important for an artist to be able to speak well, speak clearly, not to speak too quickly. Sometimes um, my mind will go on uh, automatic and I'll have so many ideas and I'll want to say so many things, but I try to slow down so that I can really get my point across. 
So be clear and concise, but slow down so that you get your point across. I love that advice. And we're going to come right back. Sonia is going to tell you more of what you want to know about the benefits of teaching art and much, much more. But first, a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. And we are back. So Sonia, you also teach art. How can teaching be a beneficial use of time for artists? Like if I'm an artist thinking like, okay, should I teach? Like why? why? What would be a good reason? My main gig is that I'm a professional artist. I'm associate professor at Parsons School of Design and I teach one class and it's a, a, it's a drawing class. I love it because it gets me out of the studio. If I'm so involved in my work, I can just go on and on and and not get any kind of distance from the work. So I will have to leave, actually physically leave my studio. I have, to, and it's painful. I don't want to leave, but as soon as I get to my class, I'm always relieved and excited to be teaching because you know it gives me some distance on my work. It gives me perspective. So when I return to my studio, I have a, a fresh perspective. The other thing is that. I love teaching because I get to be with a younger audience. The students that I teach are freshmen. So I actually, I will learn from them as well. I'll see their work and I'll talk to them about what's going on. They may be a little bit more familiar with some of the things that are going on technologically that I'm not, like a TikTok. (laughs) They were the ones a year ago when NFTs were just starting out. They were talking to me about NFTs, which was really interesting. And just just their perspective on things um, is a little bit, it's younger and fresher. And I, I I, I really respect that. Also with teaching, I, it gives me a chance to work on my communication skills so that I'm always practicing ways of explaining things in a concise manner. It helps me with my public speaking skills because these freshmen, um, some of them don't have large attention spans. So I'll have to be able to get right in their face and say, this is the problem. Let us get to the solution right now. The main thing is that it keeps my artistic skills sharp. I am always demonstrating in every class. I am actually working with my students, drawing or painting. I am giving them demonstrations on new materials and techniques. We take field trips and I take them out into the field where I have to show them how to draw perspective and space. I'll go to different locations in the city. We just went to 
Rockefeller Center and drew the skaters. So I showed them about gesture drawing and how to capture the changing light because it was from day to night. So it keeps my artistic skills sharp. So artists teaching, you can keep your art skills sharp, practice public speaking, get that needed distance from your studio and also learn from younger minds that just sounds like a win, 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 win to me. So I think I, I'm, you explained that so well, and it's so clear what your about your passion for this, Sonia. So thank you for sharing that with us. I hope some of the artists listening today are thinking like, maybe this could be an avenue for me. So I'm, I'm glad you shared it. What are some of the major things that you teach your students about art? And maybe for this podcast, more importantly, about their art careers? One is... I don't want them to force their style. I think the style, their style is going to come naturally. And the way that they're going to do that is to be honest and authentic with their work. I don't want them to think about making art for a particular audience. If you're authentic and true to your own personal vision, others are going to admire you and take notice. The other thing that I tell them is that it's very important to be professional. Uh, these are freshman students that I'm teaching now, and they often will follow me on Instagram, and I'll often you know, look at them and see what they're up to. I, I don't follow them back because I don't, want to, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's really shocking to see what people think is appropriate to post. To be professional means that you don't post inappropriate photos of yourself. Because when you're going to out and getting a job, I mean, even, I mean, to be a fine artist, you don't apply for a job, but they will have to probably support themselves somehow. So they're going to have to get some kind of job. People look at social media, and they're not going to be impressed with some of the things that I've seen them post. I tell them, you know, they have to be on time uh, for their class and in general. Um, and I also tell them that they're going to have to have an updated website with their work and have a solid social media presence. I like them to answer emails and correspondence in a timely manner. So if I am corresponding with them and they are slow to respond, I, that is not impressive. And I'm telling them that my class, it's, it's only me and I'm just teaching them, but I want them to look at it like a, this is like a job opportunity. The other thing is that they need to be transparent with galleries or art professionals or their employers so that there's no playing games, there's no, you know, lying. I mean, right now it's tricky because it is pandemic, COVID tests, and I can kind of tell when a student is sick and when they're mm, maybe just don't want to come to class. <laughs> but you can't do that when you have a job or you know when you want to be someone professional, you have to show up. So professionalism is, um, I try to stress that with my students. Another thing is that they need, especially now <laughs> in, these, in this time, it's very important to be flexible. They have to think creatively. I tell them that artists don't think outside the box because there is no box. You know how they say that in, um, in I guess they say it in corporate America, like you got to think outside the box. And I'm like, what box? The art world is constantly changing. So they need to be able to adapt to the new climate and be flexible. There, there are no rules, so they need to think creatively. And then the last thing that is 
probably the most important thing is that to be an artist, you have to be self-motivated. You need to develop a daily practice. You need to work hard and a lot. Have a daily routine. Have a daily practice. You can't just get to the studio when you feel like it. People say to me, oh, it's so, you're so lucky. You get to do what you love. You just go to the studio and do what you love. And they're right. I, I do love what I do, but I don't think that the non-artists really quite get the hard work and dedication it takes to, to come into the studio every day and work through to the inspiration. I don't wait for the inspiration to come to me. I work through it and the inspiration will come as I'm working. I love all of this. There's so much value in what Sonia just said. So I hope everybody goes back, listens to that again and takes their own notes. But I just want to underscore a couple of things that really stuck out to me just as, you know, just from my vantage point in the art business, responding to your emails on time in a timely manner. That's like, in my opinion, 24 hours on weekdays, maybe if you get an email Friday night, okay, Monday is fine. But like, you know, really responding to emails quickly is so, so important. Not doing it or like requiring people to send multiple follow-ups. I mean, it, it really drops your professionalism points. So it's just something that I, I would say I completely concur with you on. Developing a, pr- a practice and like, okay, you're an artist, you have a cool life, you can set your own hours and so on. But like really having dedication and practice in being willing to just put the rubber to the road. And even if that means you don't make something that's earth shattering that day, that you're just still working and creating, it's so vital. And some of the artists I know that kind of get stuck, it's because they get stuck at that point. They just, they're waiting for the next big idea or they're not going to work until they have it or they're waiting for certain materials. And it's like, no, sometimes you just have to like get yourself there, work with what you have and, and, and create. The other, the other thing that is so important that they may not understand, um, and I make them do this at the end of the semester, I have them write an essay, and they can't believe it because it's a drawing class, but writing skills are so important. You have to have a clear and concise artist statement and bio. It's important to practice writing for grant applications and other job opportunities. And also, even with your email correspondence, you don't just dash off something with poor punctuation and terrible grammar. Having excellent writing skills will only enhance your business. I, I agree. R- writing skills and you know it, everything from emails to grants to applications for events, art fairs, galleries, whatever it may be, it's so important that your writing is honed in. So I'm glad that you do include that essay. I think that's really, really vital. Sonia, this has been a great chat. We're drawing to an end here. I just want to bring it home for our listeners out there. What is, let's say, your top way that artists could rev up their art business like today, like get out there and do something that would really help them improve their business? The way that I revved up my art business was, and you don't have to do it this way, but I knew that my technology skills were not as um, sharp as they could have been. So what I did was I hired a digital guru. <laughs> I, that's what I call her, my digital guru. She's a, she's a tech person. And she whipped me into shape with all things digital. And that's my website. We revamped my website. She helps me with my Instagram posts. She helps me with videos. She's the one who helped me design my book. 
She helped me design business cards and postcards. And she helped me organize my computer files and my digital JPEGs of my work so that it's very easy for me to apply to grants and other opportunities because I can just grab from my files and resize them and plop them in an application. Having a a way to digitize everything and have everything right there for you and have everything streamlined is going to be key to revving up their art business. So artists, consider hiring a digital guru to help you with all these things, help you get set up for success, get your website, your Instagram, but also all of your files, all of your information together so that then it's easier for you and the opportunities do come up. I think that's incredible advice. To all of you business artists out there listening today, Sonia has been here with us sharing her amazing perspective. You're definitely, definitely going to want to go back and take notes on this episode. And I would say this is one of our one of our better ones that you should take notes on. You can listen to this in all of our past podcasts on our website at superfine.world. To connect with Sonia, you can follow her on Instagram at Sonia Sklaroff. That'll be in the show notes as well. You can also visit soniasklaroff.com slash books for her book as well. As always, remember that we are Super Fine Art Fair on Instagram. Anytime you're listening to Benefiting from the Artist Business Plan, we appreciate it if you can share that with your listen with your audience in the form of a story, a post, whatever. Just be sure to tag Super Fine Art Fair and we'll always restory that. And another thing we really appreciate is if you could take just a moment of your time and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's our number one listening platform. Over 7,000 of you listen every month on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and reviews are critical in helping other artist entrepreneurs find and benefit from us and our guests' perspectives. As always, I just want to wrap up the class with a quick quote for you all. Today, the quote is actually from one of my favorite writers. The world always seems brighter when you've just made something that wasn't there before, and that's Neil Gaiman. Sonia, it has been a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for joining us and sharing your perspective with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. This has been really fun. Thank you again, Sonia. Everybody, have an rest, awesome rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there, and make it happen for yourself and your career. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this in all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Just shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world.